What's going on, everybody? Matt Major, Matt Major Show. What's going on? Kind of uh, having one of those Mondays where I'm just not not all awake. I was I was awake early, and I made the mistake of not actually getting up at that time, and it was all downhill from there. But but we're here. We got some. Uh, very interesting things going on today. Um, and, and looking at the prep, it all seems to be New York State-based. So uh, we're calling this episode Local Governments Gone Wild. We've got some news on Governor Cuomo. Uh, and then we're going to get into our kind of top story of the day. If you've been following along on social media all weekend, you know that we are all over this issue in the village of Ilian, uh, centered around the Ilian Fire Department, and uh, some craziness that's happening with that. You're going to hear the interview a little later in today's show. If you haven't heard it already, we did release it early because it was it was a big thing, but it's uh, it'll be part of this episode. And then later in the week, we're going to get in even more of the story because there's more going on in Ilian than just the fire department situation. But we'll we'll get into that a little later. Uh, first, I want to give you a couple little programming notes. Um, we're going to try a couple of different things. One is I started talking to a lot of folks, a lot of friends, and they tell me that uh, you know either I get busy, I'm bringing my kids to school, I'm doing whatever, I don't get a chance to tune into your show till about eight thirty, about halfway through. And I said, okay, why don't we try this? And we're going to start this today. Uh, we're going to Tarantino it. Um, so basically what's going to happen is uh, at 9 o'clock when the live show is over, hang out for just a minute, and I will immediately begin to replay the show at 9 a.m. So if you caught it halfway through, just stick around, and you'll get the beginning afterwards. Um, that We'll just let that run. I will try to keep an eye on the chat, so if people are are watching at 9 a.m. and they want to interact and, and discuss things on the chat. I won't interject live in the stream, obviously. That'll be pre-recorded, but I will be in the chat so I can participate, and that'll be kind of cool, I think. Jack and Mo, what's going on, buddy? Jack, I just realized before the show that you had messaged me a few times. Apparently it popped up on one computer and not all my others, so I apologize for that, but uh, I'll get back with you this morning, buddy. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is, uh, we've mentioned this a few times, we're doing this thing uh, through the merch link, that is uh, my merchandise store, and I'm using that as a vehicle to generate funds to support local restaurants by purchasing their food, purchasing their products, and donating it to nurses and frontline healthcare workers that have been really helping us through this COVID nightmare, and hopefully we're... Hopefully we're heading to the backside of, but um, I know I've been saying it and it's gotten pushed back because I keep thinking, oh, let me get a little bit more money in this and, and whatever. But this week uh, we will be scheduling the first food delivery. I'll be getting a hold of our man, Dick at Smoke Incorporated Barbecue. Go check him out right now if you need any sort of catering. Obviously we're not having a lot of parties, but quite frankly, he can make you a couple of nights meals 
for your family for less than takeout and 10 times the quality. So so check him out, Smoke Incorporated Barbecue. Uh, but we will be getting with him at the end of the week with our, our total donation amount for the first the first buy for these nurses. And uh, we're going to get that out there. So if you want to go to uh, themerchlink.com, anything you buy there, a significant portion of the proceeds uh, is going to this effort. You can also go, um, you can click right on uh, support our cause there, and you'll see some donation options where you can just give a donation. You don't even have to buy any of our merch. Uh, you can give, and 100% of that will go to the uh, the operation here. Let's talk about Cuomo for just a minute. So, a little bit of an update. You know, as we talked last week, he had a uh, former aide came out and uh, accused him of sexual harassment. And I said at that time, this might be the end. And the reason this might be the end is because, not to use more fire department analogies, but where there's smoke, there's fire. And there is almost never just one person. Almost never. Sure enough, this weekend, uh, a second accuser came out. Former staffer again. And uh, made the situation a little worse for the governor. As I saw coming, I think a lot of people did. Uh, here's a little info from the New York Times. He's under pressure um, to investigate this. And here's he started, this is kind of funny. He started the weekend with, yep, we got to investigate. I'll pick an investigator. And then people went, no, no, that's that's not going to work this time, bud. Um, so he is now deferred to the attorney general and told her, handle it, pick the prosecutor. I'm sorry, pick the investigator, rather, and go from there. Uh, the interesting thing is on Sunday evening last night, he issued an apology saying, I acknowledge some of the things I have said may have been misinterpreted as unwanted flirtation. To the extent that anyone felt that way, I am truly sorry about that. So if we look at the um, politicians lose their career over sexual harassment charges template, this is right on the list. This is this is the correct step. Uh, he's sort of admitting it, but he's doing the uh, uh, well. No, you're the asshole move. Uh, it's it's your fault for taking it that way. That's that's kind of the way he's going with that. Uh, I'm listen. I'm sorry if that's how you felt. Like I bear no responsibility in how I made you feel. Again, this is this is par for the course. And um, it's it's heading right down the path that I predicted last week, which is uh, people that do not like Governor Cuomo may have reason to celebrate before too much longer, in my opinion. Um, this new allegation, this woman uh, says that the governor was asking her about her sex life. 
um, asking her about these things. The one thing to, to keep in mind is, you know, what, what Cuomo and what many of these folks do that's considered sexual harassment is not like always the exact picture that you have of sexual harassment. You know, the picture you have is a boss, a supervisor, a governor in this case, saying, get on my dick or your career is over. Now, guys, monsters like Harvey Weinstein, they did shit like that. They were that blunt. They were that clear cut. Most people, though, guys like Cuomo, they don't they don't be that. They're not that clear cut. They never said those words. They never made that demand. But that pressure is there nonetheless, because what you have to understand is this is a guy who's created uh an entire culture, the way he operates is that you need to be loyal to him. You need to support him or he's going against you or you are on the outs. So when that's just the standard, no matter what the topic is, no matter what the situation is, and then it comes to uh, a woman who's faced with this man now implying that he would like sexual favors or that he would like her to flirt with him or or whatever, without him even saying the words, if you don't do these things, your job is in trouble, she knows. If she doesn't keep this man happy, he will come after her. And and we see that time and again. That's, that's uh, the governor's kind of management style. He comes after Democrats in the assembly who dare say he maybe should have done something differently. You know, it's it's well known, his culture of, uh, you know, demanding, I don't know if I want to say respect, but uh, demanding uh, loyalty to a fault. And so, you know, when he starts asking these women and flirting with them and making it seem like he wants something from them, they are immediately concerned for their career not even just their job position that day in his administration but what the effects might be for the rest of their entire career it's fucking horrible 25 year old farmer aide 25 years old this guy's up in her shit come on man he was asking her about her sex life and whether or not she had been with older men why would a 63 year old ask a 25 year old if she had been with older men unless he wanted to be one of those older men I understood that the governor wanted to sleep with me, and I felt horribly uncomfortable and scared, Miss Bennett told the Times, and was wondering how I was going to get out of it and assumed it was the end of my job. Exactly what I was just saying. Joseph, she's younger than me, yeah. It's like the creep factor 10. Cuomo says, I never made any advances towards Miss Bennett, nor did I intend to act any way that was inappropriate. Yeah, he didn't say, let's go fuck. Sure, but that's that's not really a defense, Andy. Asking a twenty-five-year-old if she's into older men, you don't you don't have to go out of your way to draw that conclusion. Um, and again, as I said last week, the dam is opening. We're now at two very troubling accusations from credible, respectable women that worked for him. 
Will there be more? Will the details of these situations alone take him down? I don't know, but it doesn't look good. And uh, I really hope the appropriate measures are taken. Switching gears for a moment. Uh, another update on the COVID-19 relief package, a.k.a. the stimulus and the minimum wage and, and all these other things that we've been talking about. Um, the House has passed the stimulus package. Let's, uh, let's watch this clip. President Biden's $1.9 trillion rescue bill is moving to the Senate. The House passed it overnight. Yeah, no Republicans voted for the plan. Two Democrats broke ranks to oppose it. Now, the package includes $1,400 direct checks to people making less than $75,000 annually. They promised two um, grand. That's direct aid to small businesses as well, and an increase in the child tax credit, direct funding to state and local governments funding for schools, and more money for vaccine distribution. Now, there are several steps before the bill heads to the president. Unemployment benefits, help for small businesses. Uh... So, yay. A month and a half later, they passed the thing they said they were going to do immediately as soon as they took office. And by the way, it was supposed to be $2,000 checks. I don't mean to beat this, this point into the dirt, but Joe Biden said, Elect Ossoff and Warnock, and you will get $2,000 checks. I've shown the image many times. They ran an ad with a $2,000 check from the U.S. Treasury made out to people. And then they won that election and took office and said, yeah, you're going to get your $1,400 check. And people said, what the fuck are you talking about? You said two grand. Oh, no, you already got that $600. <clears throat> that, was, that was the down payment on your two grand that we promised even though we showed you checks for $2,000. And oh, by the way, this was now months and months ago, making the idea that you got that $600 uh, even more ridiculous. But to the rest of the process. Uh, some of those programs will lapse soon. Uh, there's still significant disagreement between the parties on how much to spend and where that money should go. The time for bold and decisive act. So, the other thing I want to mention slightly along this topic um, is the PPP. Uh, and I mentioned this before, and I just want to throw this out there as a quick little plug because I'm seeing some news and updates about this. Um, the PPP, that's the Small Business Loan Program, part of the uh, original pandemic relief. Um, originally, there was a lot of regulations and rules and you had to be certain people and you know the corporations the big guys that didn't need any money at all got a huge chunk of it last week i told you they were opening this up to uh smaller businesses exclusively people uh, i believe 20 employees or less it also includes independent contractors freelancers 1099 people one-man operations um you are eligible and right now it is open exclusively for you to get in there. I also just received uh, an email from one of these places saying that um, they've changed the requirements a bit. So what you had to do a week ago is you get on there, you give your information, you submit your taxes. That's how they quickly can tell you whether or not you qualify for one of these loans. It was based on line 31 of your, of your Schedule C, if you run a business. That's the line of whether or not you made a profit. 
if you're a, a business or you're someone who uses uh, a business entity to do tax write-offs and you, you took a loss or you had a zero or even a negative on Line 31, as, as a lot of people do to avoid taxes, well, you're ineligible. That basically meant you made no money, so the government wasn't going to give you any loan. They have changed that. And I believe as of today, they can base your loan on your Line 7. That's your gross income before you make all those deductions. Um, so if you're a small business, if you're a, an independent contractor of any sort, you file a Schedule C on your taxes, you are most likely eligible for this PPP loan, which keep in mind, if you follow their requirements, which aren't all that difficult, it becomes forgiven. It's free money. Um, as a sole provider, you cannot have it forgotten if you have... No, you can, Jack. That's the thing. Um, and it's basically... And again, you're going to have to look at the rules from the bank. But yes, as a sole proprietor, um, you basically have to detail that you've used the money for certain things. And uh, the rules are payroll, so I believe that means that you have to document that you've paid yourself. Again, I'm not an expert on that particular part, but they can be forgiven if you're a sole proprietor as long as you follow the rules. So basically, it could be free money for your business. Please check that out because, you know, the, the big guys get this free government money all the time. This is probably one of the easiest opportunities I've ever seen for a smaller business to get some government funding without too many hoops. Still a few hoops. Not nearly as many as, as you typically find in these uh, grant situations, things of that nature. Let's talk about the Village of Ilion. I think I got a graphic for that. There we go. The Village of Ilion, my hometown, born and raised, graduated high school from there. My father is a retired deputy chief from the Ilian Fire Department. I've known uh, many of the professional firefighters, many of the police officers, all the folks that work for the Village of Ilian. Incredible hardworking people. Small town. Home of Remington Arms, America's oldest gun maker. That's been a lot of challenges over the years. And unfortunately, the entire region, not even just Ilium, but the entire region has become incredibly economically depressed. A lot of folks have left, not come back, for a wide variety of reasons. But it's a beautiful place. It's a historic place. And the people that still live there believe in the wonderful, small-knit community that it always has been. Enter new mayor Brian Lamica, former police officer, longtime member of the community, well-known. I was happy when the guy took office. Now, to be fair, I, I haven't known much of him since I was a teenager. Uh, but when I did, I always got the impression that he was a guy that, that cared about the town and the people. And so when he took office, I was very excited, quite frankly. Like, all right, somebody's, somebody's going to do some good for the village. Fast forward to today, a couple years later, and I find out what seems to be happening is he's got an agenda that he wants to implement, which is a mayor's prerogative, but he doesn't want to implement it in any way that is normal or legal. In many cases, it seems to be. Um, rather than even announce his plans to the public, 
have public sessions, have, have hearings, have input. He seems to be going at these things in a very backroom sort of manner. No public notice. No choice in the matter. No discussion. No debate. Village residents are just waking up one day and finding these things have happened. Uh, one such thing is a mess at the Alien Fire Department. And in just a minute, I'm going to play the interview with Jennifer Peterson. She's the wife of the, uh, was the fire chief, Thomas Peterson. And she really gets into what's what's going on with that. What I want to let you know is we will be continuing on this story and not just the fire department issue. There's a lot of other issues going on in that village. Um, there are some uh, big issues with the water system. In fact, the Village of Illion's water system rivals Detroit, and even the famous Aaron Brockovich has been known to speak out about the Village of Illion's water system. They just raised the prices. The village did. And they got a huge grant to fix this issue. Question is, nobody's really sure if anything's happened and, and questions are starting to be asked about what's up with that grant money. So there's a lot going on in Alien uh, that we are going to keep a focus on. Jack was asking who took the interview down. Yeah, I posted over the weekend after the interview went out and it went incredibly viral. I think probably half the residents of the Village of Alien have watched it now. Um. But we started seeing it being taken down. And what do we mean by taking it down? It wasn't like Facebook wasn't censoring us or any of that type of thing. But more, it seemed like some folks that shared the interview on Facebook, some locals, got some some pushback from the friends that might be uh, not so excited to highlight the negatives of the alien administration. It's interesting to see what's what's going to happen. I've got some more interviews booked later this week, uh, and we will be all over these things. But for now, we're going to queue up this interview. Um, you can grab it in its entirety at any time. It's already on YouTube. And I accidentally closed it, so now i got to pull it back up. But, but check it out. Share it. Tell your friends. Um, this is a big thing. And even bigger, sorry, even bigger than that, why can I not find my own freaking video? Um, even bigger than that, I'm sorry, is uh, you will see Jennifer, my cousin. Damn, she's impressive. I can't tell you how many comments I've gotten from folks um, commenting on just how well-spoken she is, how professional she is. You know, she's so, talking about... welcome to... She's talking about these very personal issues in probably the most professional way you could ever imagine. And I think you're really going to be impressed. Give me just one second. I apologize. So without further ado, I'm going to let this play. I will be in the chat if you've got questions. Uh, that will take us to the end of the show. And then I will, uh, as I promised, replay the whole thing starting at the beginning as soon as it ends. So if you missed the start of the show, stick around at the end and you'll catch it. Without further ado, here's my interview. 
the Mad Major Show. This is a very special interview. You might be watching this uh, during the regular live feed, or you might find this some some other time. But this was a big kind of issue, big story that broke. So the normal Friday off got put on pause. And uh, we've got a great interview today. We're talking today about what's going on in Ilion. Uh, Ilion, New York, if you have seen the local media, you've seen a bunch of headlines that all pretty much say, what the hell is going on in Ilion? There's a big uh, shakeup. There's some big controversy with the mayor and the fire department. And this is a little personal for me. For those that don't know, I'm from Ilion and my father's a retired deputy chief from the Ilion fire department. And joining us today is the wife of the uh, Ilian fire chief, Tom Peterson, who is uh, kind of in the center of this. And she also happens to be my cousin. So Jennifer Peterson is joining us. And I thank you very much, Jen, for, for coming on. I know you've been out trying to tell the story and I appreciate you doing so here. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you asking me to come on today because it's, I think it, it, it's a super unique thing between you and I, not just the relationship of being cousins, but also the dynamic of how Tom took your father's place, your position as he left when he retired yes. 24 years, 25 years ago, you know, whatever, 24 years ago. So it's, it, it is a very unique story for both of us and near and dear to our hearts for the fire department, for sure. Cause it's been in both of our lives since we've been born with your dad in the service. So, you know, it's, it, it's obviously a story that needs to get out there for sure. Absolutely. And, and just, again, just for a tiny bit more context for those that aren't from around here, Ilian is a small village. It's the home of Remington Arms. It's based in Herkimer County, and it's one of the few paid fire departments in Herkimer County. But what a lot of folks in bigger cities don't understand is there's a lot of small towns across the country that have volunteer fire departments, departments that are staffed by spectacular people, but people that have other full-time jobs. And that is the case in Herkimer County, where a lot of those small towns are supported by the handful of full professional fire departments. So as we talk about how this affects the village of Ilian and their fire department, keep in mind, this has to do with basically the whole region because they help everybody. It's, it's a kind of a community thing there. So Jen, explain to us just what is going on? What's, what's happening? You know, it's, it's interesting because there's, there's so many answers that we don't have, but there's obviously a lot of red flags. There's a lot of red flags when it comes to some of the ethical, procedural, and transparency coming from the mayor and the board of, of what is happening, what's going on, what are the intentions, why are we in this state, why is every, it's not just the fire department, and that's the sad part, every water police department, electric uh, department, they're all getting hit with very similar situations. Just nobody's talking about it. And village taxpayers need to know this information. The, the village is not being transparent of what's going on, nor are they following the pop the, 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 um, proper procedures to, to make these decisions. And that's coming out very clearly on many levels. And so people want to get involved and, and, you know, with the fire department specifically, there, there was an employee that left in the fall and upon leaving supposedly had went to the village even after he was directly asked by his chief if there were any issues that he wanted to be followed through with 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 what he had written down on paper that the employee stated he did not want to follow through with anything and that he wanted to leave you know everything the way it was and hang out with the guy still and just move on to another job 
Sure. So next thing you know, there is supposedly a formal complaint, but that came out uh, not until December 24th. Tom, acting as the chief at the time, was asked to ask his employee to go home on Christmas Eve, not show up for work, and be put on administrative leave because there's an investigation. And that's all they were ever told. And and nobody, when it comes to investigation, obviously we don't have any details or, or what the complaint yeah. was, anything like that. But we do know there's a lot of gaps in these timelines. If if there was a complaint back in the fall, as they are very specifically stating in the news and specifically stating in their statements, why was an employee waited two months and still continue to work if they have such high concerns? Yeah. Right? You know, that that's that's one of my number one questions. Why why did it take them so long to even pursue this? And why has not all parties been in spoken to and investigated. Nobody, nobody at a certain level of the department, some of the department has been been spoken to and some of it to get information from, but there's still a handful that haven't. And these are the, the two, two of the members that are supposedly involved in this have not been investigated or asked any questions in, involving the situation formally at all. So that's, that's very interesting gaps in the story. It doesn't make sense. Not, things just don't line up with that. And the, you know, one of the big things, especially as Tom serving as provisional chief, the terms that they wrote on the paper for him to be removed from his position as chief sure. really uh, are pretty questionable on many levels, professionally with legitimacy. They have nothing to do with his jobs or performance as with his chief duties and responsibilities. So there's so many things that are just not lining up to specifically the fire department, but all of these are applicable to everything that's going on across the entire village. So, so Jen, just, just for people trying to keep score, let's, uh, let's break down the very basics. So you've got Tom, who was the, the chief he's been, I guess, suspended. Is that... He has not been. So their okay. wording is that he has been removed from the provisional chief position and he is to very specifically report only as the deputy chief in charge of codes. So you have somebody with the highest level of training and leadership skills. They don't even want into the fire station, but for no reason. And they want him housed at the municipal building only for codes purposes. And when, when the fire department is very, very huge turnover the last three years and very inexperienced firefighters, and you don't want to use that person back on the line as a deputy chief running shifts and being a present, which also causes natural overtime for the village when they do it like that. So there, sure. there's a lot of questions with those two. Sure. And, and for folks don't know, in Alien for quite some time, the fire department is in charge of the codes department and in the fire station is the office where the codes officer generally works. That's, that's, that's his Always home. And, and what they're saying is we want you to do this job, but you're not allowed in your office. Yeah. And why, why would you remove, why would you remove them from that building right. and, and cause overtime purposely? What, what's the intention? Well, yeah, it's, I mean, that, that, that whole concept is so bizarre because, mm -hmm. so you're not really firing these people. You still want them to work for you. But you're going to restrict how they can do their job. Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, if there's well, something, something and, wrong. Right, and then, then the next question behind that is, is this with civil service requirements, contracts, 
law acceptable that you can be told to work in a different place with a different role than your civil service hiring was what is he's right. a deputy chief and there's there's an actual you know written law and procedures and policies of where he can serve what happens if he gets taken out of that provisional chief does he get put back on um to his last position and that's what we're looking into and it seems like that is the case so why wasn't that due diligence done in that you know why why aren't we as um administrators going oh if we pull him out where do we have to put him right. because there's a civil responsibility with these civil service workers to know what you were supposed to do with those roles well it, and in just a second i will give you the statement from the mayor and i think that it it just speaks to everything you say there seems to be very little procedure very little whatever it's just this is what we're going to do and we'll figure it out later but but before that we we keep talking about uh, tom your husband the chief mm -hmm. but there's a couple other firefighters kind of caught up in this is that accurate so one one specific firefighter mike conover is on an administrative leave he's a deputy chief also he's the one involved in the investigation and absolutely has had zero communication regarding any of this and it has been told he cannot even uh, step foot on a village property unless he gets permission from the mayor specifically as if he's a danger to society which is absolutely insane that his family is living like this so absolutely insane so they've given no cause but nothing but and and again this is the thing that you know i've said and i'll say again obviously i have a connection here i know these guys i think these are good guys at the same time, I would take the other side that if they mm -hmm. did do something wrong, if there's something horrible, then appropriate action should be taken. But Correct. there's no appropriate action here for any situation. What's going on here is, is just totally inappropriate, no matter what happened. Right. There's, um, there's no transparency of anything going on. And it, it is, you know, just even on the business side of it, not, there's, so there's all these ethical things of none of these decisions being appropriate ethically, but also on the business side, all this overtime that we're causing due to this the village is now raising taxes two percent for water but we have no problem paying extra lawyer fees when we have a, a lawyer so we're, we're we have all this these outside lawyers that we're paying for all of this process as well as other there's other employees who are filing grievances that now they have to pay out for and we're pulling people out of the fire station and holding we this investigation really takes two months when this actually happened the, the complaint was supposedly filed in the fall just there none of this is making sense and it's not fiscally responsible it's not ethically responsible it's not procedurally responsible well i think i, I think folks these days are kind of conditioned to understand anytime you get an official statement about an investigation that is just the easy go-to word for we don't want to answer any questions and we yeah. can hide behind this absolutely and you know that's that's kind of par for the course in any of these situations what i am gonna do here if i can get the right one is i want to just quickly play the the news story on this because it gives the mayor's Take. Now, what I'll say is is interesting is I'll play the story for you here, but a lot of the comments on the story from the public were, what a horrible story. I can't believe this is this is horrible reporting. There's so many details I don't understand. Mm -hmm. and, and while I get that, what we have to understand is that's not even the media's fault. They're no. giving you every detail. That They're the giving every detail that, correct. And that's exactly um, how I was reached out to last night to say, they're they're reporting the details they are given so even you know i'll preface a little bit of before that plays that it states in there there's two people under investigation we have 
absolutely no indication or communication that there are two people under investigation. So if Tom is under investigation, if he's the other one, nobody knows it. Nobody. And no, nobody's asked him any questions, huh? Well, nobody's even told him he's in, in, under investigation. So yeah. that and that's a very bold statement, right? In, in this coverage, right? Let's let's see. And and I apologize if you can't hear the audio, but I, I assure you the folks will be able to. I'm Jason I'm Kristen Copeland. The Ilian Fire Department is without a fire chief, and the mayor of the village has confirmed there are two members of the department under investigation. News Channel 2 has received a number of calls and emails from viewers voicing concern about changes at the fire department. And that's when we started asking questions. So here's what we know so far. Bill I got to say, I, I do really appreciate the way they kind of presented this because they are, I think, naturally demonstrating the, the lack of details that are in yes. this story. It's kind of interesting. Yes, uh, very much so. Officials say a complaint was filed by a now former employee of the village, alleging conduct which could subject the village to legal liability. The investigation conducted by Illinois police started in the fall. A statement obtained by News Channel 2 from Mayor Brian Lamica says. So this is the part right here. This this statement is, I mean, it's almost incredible in how much it says absolutely nothing. Changes have been made to the command structure of the department. The statement goes on to say, quote, while some individuals may prefer that the status quo in the fire department be maintained, the board would not be fulfilling its responsibility by doing so. To the contrary, the village board is united in its position that a comprehensive review and investigation of the operation of the fire department is required. Such an inquiry by the board is necessary to protect the village from potential legal liability and ensure its compliance with applicable law, rule, and regulation." End quote. Again, there is no fire chief in charge right now. The mayor tells News Channel 2 three deputy chiefs are in charge of the department. We're going to stay on this development. So let's talk about that part real quick. They gave it to you at the top of the story and the end, they're, they're driving this point that there is currently no fire chief. And, and they're saying, you know, the, the three deputy chiefs have put been put in charge, but it almost sounds like what they're saying is you three guys figure it out. I mean- And, and unfortunately, those were the words that were shared, figure it out, you, you guys will figure it out. I mean, it, it's just, it's so ludicrous. I mean, it's, how do you- What a liability. How do you not just say, this guy is the temporary leader? I mean, that's that's the responsible. What's thing going on? This right, that's the responsible. You know. Well, it come to find out behind the scenes, and again, I don't have facts on this. This is rumor, but it, it, I, I'm it, it's pretty solid that the intention was to pull in a fire chief from a different apartment, from a different town, to serve oversee as well as where he is. And it sounds like this was already planned out prior to asking. Tom to to be removed from his chief position. It sounds like also now that the, this other chief is hearing the real story, he it doesn't sound like he might be doing so. He, and he doesn't want to and, involved. right. And, and you know what? Here here's the interesting part. This has never been up to brought up in um, any of the open sessions that any of this at all was a consideration for the Illion Fire Department and the taxpayers who pay for the services. No one has been made aware that they don't have to know all of the personnel changes, but they do have to know that the village is considering changes to their services. Yeah, I mean, that, what you're talking about is is basically a, a consolidation agreement. Correct. Um, you're, you're sort of merging departments. I mean, that is a huge, huge issue that needs to be discussed in public. 
Well, and, and, and that's we we've actually that's one of the things Tom's worked very hard at is building all of these great relationships with the towns around to provide a very contractual mutual agreement between right. all of them to move towards a fiscally responsible mutual type situation for services. But there's stepping stones, there's baby steps, there's things you have to do before right. that. Um, not like this. And this isn't how you treat, you know, your employees. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. You know, we talk about Tom's a, a 20 plus year veteran. How many times has he been written up? None, he has nothing in his file. Yeah. So we go from an impeccable record to you must immediately be removed. Yes. There's, and there's can no I share, in between. Right, and can I share that? So the other two reasons that they put in writing that he was um, removed from his chief position, one of them was that he did not obey a direct order from the the mayor okay. which re, it was in reference to bringing files over to the village offices and that act actually had been done and he <laughs> shared that it wasn't done in a timely manner which i'm not i i think a week is a timely manner he just didn't like how they were there they weren't the originals they were copies and that was his discrepancy with that so he he is stating that was a direct order that was not followed so that was the second reason so they want to remove the fire chief because they don't like the way he did secretarial duties correct gotcha so then the third reason was a facebook post that he posted that chuck lester himself stated he did he found offensive and, and he's a village Board member? Yes. Correct. He's the deputy mayor who has been on Facebook often in a very egregious manner, often with, with residents and very frequently, including that day that they removed Tom from chief. But they his statement was that Tom had taken his phone and went around the, the fire station, Alien Fire Station, and made a recording that was offensive, when in all actuality it was a TV clip from the show Rescue Me. Phenomenal show, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It, it just speaks to the culture of, you know, the fire department. So that was a third reason. There, So those were their, their, their three reasons was regarding the harassment that Tom did not follow through with policies properly, which he did not take the training for that, that, that complaint that came through until after the complaint came through. So he didn't even know at the time he wasn't knowledgeable of certain responsibilities sure. to that, which, which was only... A very short period of time from all of that transpiring from when the employee left and told him he didn't want anything followed through to when he was pulled in and asked like why didn't you follow through da da da, da. he in, in between those times is when the training happened so there's three things that still don't add up to removing somebody out of a chief position yeah i mean all of it like we and said, still no write-ups and none of them occurred in write-ups into his you know his right which is a standard procedure uh, even if you know you work at walmart Correct. Uh, there's procedures for employment and, and reprimands and mm -hmm. laws governing those things you know it, it just it seems incredible the number of things that can can go like this and you know you've cited some things in there that they claim are the reasons but I, I feel like it's a little bit telling that they've not cited any of those reasons publicly. I mean, usually when you have a problem with this, sure, there's an investigation. But, you know, if your excuse is they said something offensive on, on Facebook, generally that is right out there. They're going to tell you, listen, this is because of A, B, or C. And we're not going to get into the details. But, you know, we are at least going to give you some sort of rational reasoning. We're going to tell the taxpayers, 
why your fire department doesn't have a chief right now. In Ilian, we're just not going to do that. We're just going to, you know, literally make it up as we go. Right, yeah, we're going to do what we want to do because that's how we want to do it. And yeah, you know, and, and you're going to take somebody who you committed to their position as a fire chief you, with the intention of full-time fire chief at the end, the, the permanent fire chief position. Sure. He's gone to all of the trainings. We've invested and, huge amounts of money. And, and the village has paid for all of these right. trainings with an, an investment into somebody who has committed. He did, he can retire anytime. Sure. He's and he's chose, he chose to stay. So this fire department in this village was not without effective leadership. It was a personal choice. He didn't have to stay here sure. and do this. So it, it does, it, 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 all of these decisions that are supposed to be politically procedurally correct have turned into very personal power trip decisions yeah. and the administration. Well, you know, that's, what's really sad here is, you know, we see a lot of people in a lot of government jobs that are very self-serving. They're very power hungry. Mm -hmm. uh, they're very whatever, and and you can get into that. That's a whole nother debate. But the fire department, and specifically these guys in Ilian, they sign up every day to help people. Yeah, they don't play politics. They don't run their mouths. They're not trying to be the head of the town. They don't get paid much. No, <laughs> they they do a job where they are there to help you in an emergency, and they jump at that without asking questions. They don't care who you are. They don't care how much money you got. They don't care what color your skin is. When that phone call rings, they're on the rig and they're jumping in, running into a burning fire and saving people's lives. Correct. And these are the folks we're gonna go after and attack, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and again, so, you know, this would be just pure speculation, but in your estimation what do you think the the real goal here is is it is it some sort of you know way just to cut costs is that is that what is going to be his you know the mayor's answer to all this this is why we've got to make all these changes or is it just a matter of i want to make things my way i i think i think it's the latter i really think it's i i this is the way i want things to go i've got two more years in office i have intentions of um, saying I did this, this, and this, as if they are improvements. In actuality, it's harming the entire village sure. with with every department that is getting effective in morale and even the fiscally. If you're going to say you're going to save money by doing these things, let's really look at where the money is going because there's even discrepancies and misappropriations that are coming out factually for people from people that are attending these meetings now because they're so after all of this news of coming out with all the departments that, that are affected people are starting to show up to these meetings and they are seeing their right. dis discrepancies like i said in the money and the way the meetings are held there's there's an legal obligation to hold village open meetings a certain way and executive sessions a certain way and what is discussed in both are not being followed there i i've had people you know left and right reaching out saying i was at this meeting this happened and it's illegal i was at this meeting this happened it was illegal. Yeah. So if we're making decisions during times when you're legally not supposed to, or not informing people, people were supposed to be openly informed that they were going to make changes in the fire department. And, and that did not happen at the Monday night meeting. And Tom was let go on Tuesday from that chief position. He was also told that if he did not take the deputy uh, chief of codes position as they told him he had to, that he would be suspended for 30 days and put up for an article 74 review. <laughs> so accept our demotion 
uh, or mm -hmm. we're going to come after you further. That's even though he's asking to go back to serve the fire department as a deputy chief and not going to even argue that that's yeah. but he, they they want to suspend him for 30 days and do an article for what what are they going to do an article 74 for what investigation what review do well, they this, need to do there's nothing in his file it, it seems clear that this is a situation where they've decided that they don't want him there mm -hmm. and they work backwards from that decision yeah and they they he doesn't go with the flow with them he questions sure. things and if they say he has to do X, Y, and Z, he does it, but he questions it and he questions it in writing. So there's quite a bit of communication and writing to yeah. back up everything right. that has happened over specifically probably this past year, maybe a little bit less, but everything that he has questioned is in writing. And most of the decisions that have ma been made, especially those last six months were against his own advisement of running the department, but the mayor chose his way. That's that's truly incredible. You know, again, it's 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 really sad to see. It is, uh, and and you know, if you're seeing this, you don't you don't know Tom. You might think, well, man, it sounds like maybe is this guy like a rebel? Is that is he? You know, it couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. He's probably one of the most easygoing, friendliest guys you can ever meet, and you can see that in the response all over social media where people are talking mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. Everybody knows Tom. Everybody knows the other firefighters, and they're shocked that you could treat folks that have dedicated themselves to this town in such a way. Yeah. Um, and it's, again, if you have an agenda, you have a plan, you want to do something differently, you know, that is to some degree the prerogative of a mayor and a village board. Sure. But there's procedures. Right. And this thing just reeks of inappropriateness and and just reeks of all kinds of questions that you know maybe aren't there maybe there's maybe there's no corruption maybe everything's above board right. and the mayor's really trying just to do the best for his town but man he is not going about it the right way no and here's the deal you know it, it, there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing a review of a department and procedural sure. review any an operational review there's nothing wrong with that but for one reason why do you have to pull a chief out to do so yeah. and two if that's the case and we have all these discrepancies at the village board and the mayor's office and their procedures. Why would, if that's the responsible thing to do, and you're stating that in your uh, press release, that that's what you need to do because it's responsible for the village. Why are we not doing that back at, on their end also? Exactly. What is, are there are there double standards? And Audible. clearly, they, clearly there are because they, we also have the deputy mayor who threatened somebody in a in a village email to physically harm them, but he's still sitting in his position. He also threatened somebody Monday morning on Facebook, a village resident, and told the village residents to build a well in their yard if they don't like what's going on with the water. That's that's what the deputy mayor's response was to village residents that don't agree with some of the things or questioning things. And uh, you know, there's actually stuff that came out this morning. I'm Sure, yeah, of another verbal, very aggressive thing with so, a resident. But and, he's and but there's nobody's questioning that or, or reviewing that or or investigating that. Well, that, that's a story that's in the media. You can look it up. And I apologize yeah. for not having the exact quote ready right this second, but I believe this man said something to the effect uh, again, this is a village board member speaking to a citizen, a taxpayer. Mm -hmm. Something to the effect of, if I ever see you in public, I'll cut your fingers off. Correct. 
which is just the most random insult I ever imagined. But like that's the and, most. And actually followed up. He followed up with a few threats with that same citizen on through that email in different ways, as well as on a radio show afterwards. <laughs> but there's no investigation for that guy. No, he's still he's still serving our community. Cool. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's the problem. Maybe Tom should, you know, be obnoxious in public more and, and he would be more popular with the village. I don't know. Right. It's it's truly incredible. We are going to keep track of this story here on 315 Live. We're going to try to figure out what's going on. Ilion is an incredible place. It unfortunately, through economic downturns and things like that, has, has lost a lot. They don't have a lot of money. There's a lot of challenges. But this is no way to run it. You know, the fire department is one of the best assets in the village. And it's and, one and of the most well-known you know. in the state. It's one of the most recognized uh, right. um, departments in the state for how they run it. It's just, it's very sad. It's a, it's a sad situation right now. And and you mentioned it's slightly off topic, but you mentioned the water real quick. Let me ask you: is is the water situation fixed in Ilion? No, it's not fixed. It's not fixed, yeah. and they're raising and they're raising rates with that. Which you know that 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 comes with the territory, but at the same time, I'd like to question what happened with money this past year. Have have we been fiscally responsible? Could we have avoided a, a tax raise for our water specifically that is hitting everybody really hard in the first place? Because everybody already has to mostly buy their own separate drinking water for almost every household already. So, so what other places could we have saved, such as all of these lawyer fees sure. and things like that? So the, the tap, excuse me, the tap water is, is undrinkable. Uh, they, they state it is, but it's brown. This is, this is something that Aaron Brockovich, mm -hmm. the Aaron Brockovich has talked about. Correct. The village of Alien, New York. Uh, that's how bad the water is. It's Detroit scale. And our our focus is a fire department that, yeah. you know, based on, it sounds like if you boil this all back, uh, go to their excuse. This is all based on the account of a disgruntled employee. I mean, is that, that's really what they're, we're They're surrounding on? all of these decisions based on the investigation. So all of this investigation, the investigation, <laughs> which fine, that that's fine that they need to go there, but there's yeah. so many other moving pieces that they're not speaking to that do exist. So that's the issue. We understand they cannot speak about the investigation, but we only have one member under investigation as of our knowledge. So anything else that applies to that or outside of that, we are speaking to because these are taxpayers who aren't, don't know what's going on, and this is their money and their services, and they deserve to know. Crazy, crazy times. Absolutely. Happening in the small village of Illion, but I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that the people of the town now kind of becoming aware of these things is going to make a big impact and, and hopefully in the right direction. You know, like I said, everybody knows you. They know the other folks. Aside from you know, in public service in the fire department, all of these guys are heavily involved in the community doing all kinds mm -hmm. of things and charities and fundraising events sure. and, and just helping the neighbors. Sports, other, uh, you know, there's, yeah, there's, it's endless. It's, it's, endless. it's a close knit community and they all know that, that these gentlemen in particular do not deserve this type of thing. So we'll, we'll be interested to see where it goes from here. What, mm -hmm. what excuses and explanations come from this, especially after this kind of media blitz that's taking place right now. And, and we'll, we'll keep on it. 
that's all we can do, I guess. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you, you know, letting me come out and voice some of this. It, it needs to get out there in the right ways and the responsible ways. This isn't a personal attack on people. This is, you know, administration messing with people's lives very specifically and in many improper ways. So we need to, and, we need to make a change. And, and the last thing I'll say is I got to commend you for that because a lot of other people would handle this in another way. A lot of people would go right for attacking the mayor in ways that he has potentially uh, personally attacked others. You know, you've seen other people embattled folks like this lashing out on Facebook and, and doing all these things. None of these firefighters are doing it. And you'll know we're, we're talking to a wife of a firefighter and a lot of the social media buzz has, has come from the wives. You know, these gentlemen are doing everything they can to be professional and act right and not make things worse mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, they're getting their, their faces beat in by the village and, and they are. And I, and I kept my, you know, I kept quiet for a really long time because Tom held the position of chief and it just, it, it wasn't responsible of me to speak up. It, it and I knew, sure. um, the backlash he was already getting without me speaking up, but things have changed and they changed very drastically this week. And yeah. The, the only way to make a change is to get people informed. It's not to, you know, it, it's not to demean people that are in these positions, but it's to, to get people informed and making sure everything is just and everything is right by these public servants. Well, I, I think that's the key. And I think what we're both saying here is if there's one piece of advice for the people in the village of Ilian, it's attend these meetings. Yes. Uh, I, I think they're what, mostly virtual now? Um, they're, they're holding in-person meetings now. Actually. Oh, are they? They're back to it. They are a, little, a mix of both. So they do some Zoom, some some in person. It sounds like they are going to get a lot more in attendance. So it's yeah. uh, we'll see how this goes. And I have posted on my own Facebook page a list of questions that people should be asking to get answers. So they know, you know, we're not just going in with a motion because that's not going to get us anywhere. If we want our voice heard, we, we need to ask questions, but people need to know what questions to ask and they just don't because they're, they don't know the situation. So hand any questions to ask and let's ask them. Let's get answers. That's, that's great. Jen, thank you so much for joining us. I really hope that uh, again, the situation gets, gets ironed out and we can get back to just enjoying things and, and, uh, you know, making the town a little better place to live rather than. Yeah fighting for the basics, but yeah, I know. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for, you know, pulling me in here today. Anytime, anytime.